Hello and welcome to The Movie Brew, a podcast about British film and filmmakers. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my co-host, Lester Gartland. Hello. And we would like to welcome you to the 2019 start of the annual Movie Brew Awards wrap up, otherwise shortened or known as the Brewies. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if I ha- if I can be asked, I will find some some music to just kind of outlay this, like some stock free yeah. kind of like jazzy though big band stuff they always have at the awards. The can you get some like elevator music for yeah. doing the nominees? Um, definitely not. It's just going to be the countdown theme tune over and over again. Oh my god, that like a hundred times just drive people insane. Um, right. Uh, so we're going to, yeah, as, as the title, uh, kind of suggests, we're going to be doing a wrap up episode this, uh, this week. Mm. And then we're going to take a little break before 2019, talk about some of the films that we've watched this year, some of the films that have come out this year that we really want to talk about some of the films that we didn't get a chance to see that we missed out on and some films that we didn't get a chance to see that we definitely didn't miss out on. Yeah, I feel like we didn't miss anything. <laughs> um, uh, which I can't wait to get into. So uh, I'll p- hand it over to you, man. What have you What have you got for me in terms of like facts and stuff for this year? Well, 2019's been quite quite a, a year for films. Oh. Uh, we've seen things like... They say uh, that every year, though. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm <laughs> in the role. I'm doing it. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen such things as uh, Avengers Endgame becoming the highest grossing thing and beating Avatar. That's a pretty good movie. It's not bad. It's yeah. Not bad. And people, people are like, yeah, it'll only beat Avatar because they re-release it in cinemas. Like, yeah, that's what Avatar did, too. So mm-hmm. still counts. Um... However, in spite of that, um, a lot of franchises in 2019 uh, kind of flopped or didn't make as much as they wanted. Things Ooh, like... the start of a trend, maybe. Yeah. Men in Black International, the Lego movie 2, the second part. Uh, Hellboy, Charlie's Angels, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Terminator Dark Fate, all performed well below expectations. Well, yeah, X-Men Dark Phoenix was the first movie that Fox released after they got... Uh, bought by um, Disney. So that film was kind of like, everyone was like, oh, this is film's kind of getting a bit buried. And yeah. no one saw it as a result of it. was that, really bad. Was it? Did well, you see it? Yeah, my girlfriend really likes the X-Men films. We went to see it. And she came out, she was like, yeah, that was okay. And I was like, that was just so bad. <laughs> just, just so, so bad. It did, um, I think it's like Mark Kermode that always talks about like when superhero movies just have shots of people holding their hands up, concentrating and like just CGI shit going on. And they're just like, oh, like there's a bit with like uh, uh, Magneto and Dark Phoenix and like one of them's trying to like, I don't know, make this helicopter fly away and one's trying to keep it. And they're just standing in front of a helicopter with their hands out. Oh my God. And then there's just a helicopter and there's people on the helicopter going, Whoa, I swear there's something like that in every, uh, in every X-Men film. There wasn't the one before that, like where he lifted a football stadium, like an American football stadium with his hands. And he was just stood there like, like, (laughs) yeah, I love it. I love it. Real bad. Live for it. But um, hopefully, yeah. I mean, well, I'm hoping that this is a trend that means that audiences are getting franchise fatigue. Yeah. Because I know I am. Yeah, you're in there. Yeah, how about you? Uh, Full on, but I don't think we've had a 
a replacement for that yet. So kind no. of everyone, everything's kind of in its own little niche at the moment. Yeah. And no one's really figuring out what the next best big thing is. Yeah. And while these Marvel films and other big superhero films keep making money, people are going to keep making those films. You know, Avengers Endgame became the highest grossing movie of all time. So yeah. it's not like they're going to stop making comic book movies Huge. anytime soon. At the same time, they do have other niches that are kind of getting more traction and stuff. A lot more horror films are getting made nowadays. Yeah, I like that. Uh, big fan of that. And some other stuff as well. So there's some good, good stuff. Well, with the franchises in mind. Right. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Marvel being the biggest franchise. I mean, it's been, was it like 10 years now? Yeah. Um, from that, uh, we had a standalone DC film. Yeah. That was The Joker. Yeah. Which is the first R-rated film to make a billion dollars. Yeah, not even Deadpool. Not even Deadpool managed that. Nope, nope, so nope. So it was one thing DC beat him on, actually. There you go. Um, but yeah, Joker came out. We did a Hollywood spotlight on it. Because mm-hmm. we just really needed to see that film. Yeah. Where was... I'm going to look into doing more of that stuff. Yeah. Because I like being able to just go and see a movie that I really want to talk about and then just use this as an outlet to talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of that coming in the new year because all the films that we wanted to get a chance to see take a little while to come to the UK. Yeah. In America, your, di- your lists are probably much more different because you've had... Much more different. Much more different. Yeah. Uh, muchly <laughs> different, muchly differenter, muchly differenter, sir. Um, <laughs> well, probably because the Oscar, the Oscar kind of nominees and kind of races begin over there, right in their autumn slash fall time. Mm. So around October is when all these films start coming out. Towards the end of the year to December, in the UK, they wait for the films to do well over there, then they bring them over yeah, here. It's annoying. And it's like the yeah. The, then you get them out on January and February time. That's when we get all the all the Oscary films. So we'll look forward to some stuff like that for next year. But yeah, UK based podcast. What can we do? There's a well. We can move to America. Really. God, speaking of joking, that was quite a controversial release. A lot of people thinking yeah. that's going to be. There's a lot of people kind of anticipating violence in the cinemas. Yeah. Since, uh, that happened with the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight film. Yeah, the Dark obviously Knight tragic. Um, so a lot of people kind of very cautious of that. Like, oh dear, we need to ramp up security, blah, blah, blah. Nothing happened. Uh, nothing happened. Yeah. However, recently... In the UK... twenty Yeah, 25th of November. Yeah. Uh, a, a film called Blue Story came out. And it was a film that w- I, I said to you when we saw the trailer for this... I want to see this film and talk about it because yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I the trailer the was trailer. the trailer was pretty terrible. It was the just trailer a, was bad. I've heard it's a good film, but the trailer was bad. It was just a rapper telling us what the movie was about, but rhyming. Yeah, it was, and it, he was serious. Yeah, which made it funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a true right. story, and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, all about how my life got flipped up upside down. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so Blue Story came out, and I'm just—I've got an article on it that I'll just kind of skim it's through. Like crazy, the stuff that's happened around this yeah. movie. So it's a film that's based on uh, postcode gang violence in London, right? Basically, and the the film itself is supposed to highlight the futility of gang violence. It's a film. Uh, the director um, Andrew Onwabolu, I probably massacred his second name. Butchered it, mate. Um, he said that it's like, it's about, it's, this film is about love. It's about the futility of this stuff. And like, basically 
we're all better than this. Like, let's not do this kind of mm-hmm. thing. However, uh, on this article... Just like many a Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, yeah. Blue Story... <laughs> or Quentin B- Tarantino. A BBC-backed gang film has been banned from View Cinemas following 25 significant incidents mm. at 16 cinemas on the day it was released. Yeah. Including a mass brawl involving youths armed with knives and machetes outside a screening in Birmingham. So I'm going to jump in here real quick. Yeah. A mate of ours works at uh, Cineworld mm. in London. I will not say which cinema oh, i've already said the name of the cinema chain Damn it. <laughs> um but he works at a specific cinema branch in london yeah. and he witnessed one of these things happen mm-hmm. uh i mate lewis uh essentially two kids got kicked out of the screening because they couldn't present ids that were old enough right to show that they were old enough to see this film and then so is it an 18 or a 15 it's like a i think it's a 15 or something so okay. these kids are these kids are younger yeah and then they they were they were got into a massive brawl and stuff and the security were asked and stuff and it found out that two of these kids uh were like you know getting larry with each other and they they had machetes on them yeah and they wouldn't have been able to go and see the film anyway no but they yeah who goes into the cinema carrying a weapon like that don't know. don't understand that and then to not have id and to like fight mm. with people outside of it because you don't have id i don't know i feel like if you're prepared to carry a machete you're probably okay with having a fake id <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> you're right i've got my i've got my things twisted around i'm just thinking about the ordeal that mclovin went through it and whether <laughs> yeah. it's worth it yeah um but this uh so this one in Birmingham yeah. was real bad. Uh, seven police police officers were injured oh, as gosh. they arrested five teenagers and they had to use tasers to clear a crowd of up to 100 people from the cinema, Bloody which hell. then closed for the night. Um, I think as of, I think it was, you know, a few, maybe a week or so ago, uh, View Cinemas are, are going to screen it again mm-hmm. um, because they were like genuinely... Um, disappointed that they had to close it down but like obviously for everyone's safety they can't show this film because of 25 incidents on the first night of screening it. yeah you just, yeah you can't fucking risk it right um so it's, i think the they are gonna stuff like that when that happens it kind of overshadows what the film's actually meant to be about yeah and it just kind of ruins it a little bit for like who are you doing this for yeah this is okay so why i wanted to bring this up is this is some people might be wondering why we've never done like a guy ritchie film yeah and it's because i have my own thoughts on this which is not the so i don't like guy ritchie films not because they're gangster films per se but because people see those gangster films and don't realize that it's sarcastic in nature or kind of poking fun at it a bit every now and then some people go in to see it and think that they're the same as the gangsters in the film and they want to be like oh fucking yeah mate fucking well odd and all that and it kind of like it i'm not saying that media causes violence because it doesn't but media does um encourage encourage people who already have that inclination yeah uh so i don't like films like yeah like guy ritchie films because i just think of just idiots that watch it and think that it's really cool and want to go and you know shank someone or whatever and the truth is is that i could put you through watching a guy ritchie film but i don't want to because there's only so much there's a line there's a line that you will not cross there and we've already crossed it with the labyrinth and i don't want to do it i don't want to do it again to you are you thinking of a film 
with Excalibur in it. <laughs> Is that the Guy Ritchie film you're thinking of? I really want to do it. I really want to do it. I, I mean, really it looks do... awful and I kind of want to see it as There's well. so many... <laughs> but no, like, I, I don't mind it because I kind of think that they're just a bit cheesy. Like, they're yeah, all... Yeah, yeah. All Guy Ritchie films, are, for me, they just have a little bit more style that style than substance. That, but that's the thing, right? Guy Ritchie films have a sense of humour to them. Yeah. But the problem is some people don't see that there's a sense of humour to it. I'd like to see The Man from Uncle. I haven't seen it. I just, mm. I'm on a bit of a Henry Cavill ride at the moment. Yeah, sure. Uh, just because The Witch is coming out and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I'd like to see that. But, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think that that's that's a good point but I don't want to put you through that just yet. I mean, I'm open to it. I just... Listeners, do you want us to do a, a yeah, Guy Ritchie thing? let's do a poll. Yeah. Everyone, us about it. Everyone who wants to put me through that, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people are like, I hate this pretentious guy yeah. on Tarek's podcast. That's I wanna, great. I want to make him sit through a Guy Ritchie <laughs> film. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was interesting where like people have a thing about like Joker or it's going to cause all this shit. Yeah. And then this film comes out and it literally had no traction before it came out. It wasn't that well like marketed either. No one was talking about it. Yeah. No one was talking about it, but then this happened. Yeah. Crazy. Now everyone's talking about it. What's yeah. that say about us? Yeah. Yeah. We're terrible people. <laughs> that's what it says. We're terrible people. And that's the end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast. Um, Enjoy the rest of your days, listeners. So from that uh, to a more lighter note that yeah. I have. Cool. Uh, one film that came out this year is just something else. It's just something that no one saw coming. It's something that we didn't do on the podcast, but it's something that I watched. Did you watch it as well? I think you know what I'm talking about. I think so. Um, I saw it with uh, my girlfriend and we thought it was just the oddest thing in the world. It stars John Travolta. Oh, no, I didn't see it. Okay. But I really want to see it. It's, yeah, it stars John Travolta. It is directed by Fred Durst of uh, Limp Biscuit fame. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Yes. He's rolling tapes now. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and it's called The Fanatic. Yeah. And it's, just just as straight-faced as you can. Just tell the people what it's about. Okay. It is about... John Travolta stars as a man who... he Okay, he's he lives on Hollywood Boulevard. He's obsessed with celebrity culture. Yeah. He is also autistic, which is portrayed very subtly in the film. Yeah. It's so sensitive to it. It's, like, not a problem at all. No. Um... And he also, he's like a street performer to make money and he becomes obsessed with this one celebrity and it turns in turns into kind of like a misery thing, like a Stephen King misery kind of deal. Yeah. Um, except for John Travolta's doing a horrible fucking version of someone with autism. Just oh. the most insensitive thing you've ever seen. Oh, it's really bad. And there's scenes like he's, as he's street performing, he's dressed up as a London Bobby. Yeah. And he goes, poppycock. <laughs> and he's just doing oh. the worst... It's like, okay, it's like someone is doing some kind of weird modern art thing. Yeah. But for film. And if you told me that, I might believe it if I didn't know it was directed by Fred Durst. Based on the trailer, which is not not many people should judge a film based on this, but I feel like with films like this, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and from what you've told me about your experience of it it's amazing. and the f f pictures of it that you've sent to me on WhatsApp, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
I can say it feels like a film that someone just full on just directed the shit out of on drugs. Like yeah. it's just like someone's on a trip and they were just like, this is what we're going to do today. Tear up the script. Yeah. <laughs> like John Travolta, I just want you to do what you yeah, can. Just on like Percocet the whole fucking time. <laughs> Something crazy. It, like, okay. I know John Travolta is a crazy bastard, but I don't, I still don't understand why he did this film. Mm. It is insane. And you should all watch it just because it's just what? What is it? What's happening? It's that for like a whole hour and a half or however long it lasts. There's, yeah. There's no point where you grab onto the story and go like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just madness the whole way through. So is we, is that going to get one of your awards, do you reckon? Or is that just a film that you want well, to Well, I haven't about? put it in one of my awards just because we didn't do it on the podcast. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up and tell people to watch it and don't drink milk while you're watching it. I'm going to set a precedent here yeah. and say that our awards count for our experience and we may not have talked about these films on the podcast because I've been adding films as we go here okay. that have come to mind. So films that we might not have talked about on the podcast yet might pop up in our award section. Well, that's fine. Um, no have you got any anything else you want to add before we jump into it? Well, other than my highlights, I do have a list of top earners of the year and biggest flops of the year. Oh, let's go. Uh, if you want to go, we go through those. So, okay. So top 10 earners, I'll go from like lowest to, to top, top, tippy top. Yeah. Um, so highest grossing films of 2019 uh, was Us. Yeah. With uh, 175 million. Yeah. Um, good film. One of my favorites. Yeah. I wasn't as good as, um, Get, as out. Get Out. Yeah. But I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those films where now that I know the ending, I can go back and watch it and get more stuff from it. I definitely feel that way. Which is the best kind of film. Yeah the best kind of film um after that we have it chapter two mm-hmm. did. i didn't i didn't check that out actually i missed that yeah 211 million i didn't see it either i saw the first it wasn't blown away actually didn't, yeah didn't think it was that great i thought it was all right yeah yeah it gave me nightmares did it yeah well i was i was um house sitting with emily this was before we moved in together mm. and we went to this really creaky old old a person's house in Brighton and it was real creepy and <laughs> I was there and I had to leave the door open and I kept seeing it oh dear everywhere I was asleep and I, it was pretty scary I didn't find Bill Skarsgård's version of Pennywise as scary as Tim Curry's I haven't seen Tim Curry so I can't comment on it but I mean I, it's a long watch but it's worth it doing really yeah well, because it's it's both chapters in one thing, and it's like six hours long. But Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise is pretty intimidating, though. Pretty. I know. I think he's he's too he's too close to a clown. He's more clown than demon. And Tim Curry's one is more like that's a demon pretending to be a clown. It's it's more the other you side. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't I don't find it scary at all. He did too many like silly things. Too many. And silly I things. I know it's supposed to be like creepy silly, like how. You know, little girls are creepy in the ring or whatever, that yeah. kind of thing. But it just didn't do it for me. And also, you got to think about it from the way that this is like a predatorial thing mm. that's attracting little kids, little boys and yeah. girls and stuff. And from that aspect, acting more like a clown is kind yeah. of a bit creepier for me. I don't know. There's something, something worse about that. What I did uh, prefer in in it, I know it was supposed to be at chapter two, but I'm just going to say this real quick. What I did prefer in uh, in in the new it. Yeah. Um, was the emphasis on 
like the shit these kids deal with at home. Yeah. Um, that's what, kind of that's done way better in the new one. So, is it? Yeah. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the aspects of it that were in the first one, but I felt like there could have been more. So yeah, I'm glad that they introduced more of that in the second one. Uh, okay, next up cool. at number eight is Joker, three hundred thirty three million. Yeah, and then it grossed way over that afterwards. These are box office figures. Um, number seven, Aladdin. Did you see that with Blue Will Smith? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, funny story about Will Smith. There's a actual uh, clause in his contract that in every film uh, he is in, at some point he does have to say a trademark phrase, which is, oh, hell no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Every uh, film, from iRobot onwards. I don't understand why that... You know what he should have done? I think it, he was like trying to coin the phrase. like, coin, Oh, yeah, of course. But it's like, I don't know. Why would you do that? But if you're going to put that clause in after you've done iRobot, then the phrase should be hold my pie. <laughs> That's the phrase that you need to coin after you've done iRobot. <laughs> That's the one. Hold my pie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so after Aladdin at number six is Frozen 2. Yeah. I didn't even know Frozen 2 came out oh. until people talked about it. Frozen 2 came out. Yeah. And apparently it was really good. No, fuck off. No, are, you not, are, you not, are you not a Frozen fan? Well, okay. First of all, I'm not really a Disney fan. Well, then get out. But secondly, I know about Disney's reputation with sequels. Yeah. And just no. Frozen 2, no thanks. Well, I've heard from Frozen fans that it's a good movie. But Frozen fans would like Frozen 2. Well, yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. thing. When when the first Frozen came out, it was like a phenomenon. Mm. Like everyone was just like, what is this thing? Everyone was singing the song. And it was just like, I think I had that. I had people. Get away from it. I, I had that people singing that song like around me all the time for like a month before I even knew what it was from or what was going on. Yeah. 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 And then it became a thing. Like I just have to see this film because I need to understand the context of what this thing is from and whether it's good. And I really enjoyed the first one when I saw it, I thought, okay, that's all right. That's good. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the second one. Might check it out. Might not. Double the snowman, double the action. (laughs) Uh, That's it. Number five was Spider Man Far From Home, which was okay. It was it was it was okay, yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Uh that did three hundred and ninety million. It was a fine film. Uh yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Uh number four, Captain Marvel again. Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was good. Um underrated across Marvel fans. People about the were, same as Spider Man, I'd say. Far yeah. from home. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Maybe it was, it was okay. the nineties nostalgia that just got me. And the nine inch nails t shirts. Right, yeah. And the Alanis Morissette. That's what really turned me off. That's <laughs> just like That's all hey, look. Do, do, do you remember that this film set in the nineties? Look yeah. at this fucking Nirvana t shirt. Look at okay. look at young Samuel L. Jackson. It's great. Jesus, all right. God damn Calm it. Calm down, Disney. Hey, we found out how he got his eye patch wound. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> So angry about that. I loved it. Me and my girlfriend came out of the cinema like, that's how he fucking, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, we weren't happy about that. Uh, and then number three, Toy Story 4. Uh, yes. 4, 3, 4 that's million. a good movie. I haven't seen it. Heard it's really good. Oh, it's real good. Uh, real, real good. Number two, The Lion King, which looked really weird to me, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. Girlfriend watched it, liked it. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's good. Cool. I didn't watch it. That's going to be our, our rating for films that we can be asked to yeah, go Girlfriend see. watched it. Apparently Liked it's it. good. <laughs> <laughs> that was five for three million. Yeah. And top spot, of course, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Of course. Of eight, course. Five, eight million. 
I mean, was there even another movie that came out this year other than Avengers Endgame? Wow, exactly. But what I would like to point out is, out of these ten, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them are owned by Disney. Yeah. That is insane. Well, they're going to own the world soon. Yeah, someone needs to cut them down a bit. Mm, don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Um, About Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I This isn't one of our official awards uh, titles, but it came to me as you were listing. Just throwing in participation awards. Uh, yeah, I'm throwing yeah. in participation awards. <laughs> because it's like, the Avengers Endgame is that sort of movie. It's like the most movie of uh, right, an awards sure. thing. So there's a couple of contenders for this sort of thing, right? Avengers Endgame is one of them. It's like just when people just like cram so much stuff in a movie yeah, it's like to make Hollywood. it like ultimate movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Avengers Endgame, definite, definite uh, honorable mention for most movie of 2019. Uh, the other one is uh, John Wick 3. Chapter three, Still parable. Seen it. Mate, it's so good. It looks ridiculous. It's but so I ridiculous. See it. Yeah. Like, yeah. For the, so those two are like my most movie picks. Yeah. Like, you just need to sit down. And like, what is happening? And do you know what? I'm actually going to pick John Wick because I absolutely loved John Wick. They're both good. They're both great. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna piss off some Marvel fans. Yeah. I, come on, give it to John Wick. It's got to go to John Wick. John Wick. Marvel's, chapter three. Marvel's one too much. <laughs> it's one too much. It's one our lives. Yeah. It's like we're playing a real life Monopoly and we're all paying for the hotels that Disney's put down. <laughs> it's just it's too much now. And they've charged like the rent because they've got all the houses. Yeah, like yeah, they've got yeah. all of the all of the red bits. Use your fucking Mickey bucks to pay us. Thank yeah. you. Um so biggest flops. Um so do you have any guesses? I've just got them. In no particular order here. The Fanatic. Um, no, um, it's not actually on here. Yeah, no, it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> too small a movie. Yeah. Biggest flops. Um, well, I'm going to guess this one because you told me about it earlier because it was mm, uh, so I a film I uh, quite positively reviewed, but quite shocked to say that Dog Sleep's on there. Yeah, Dog Sleep's on there. That's mad. Dog Sleep didn't do too good. Um, is just like while we're on this trend, is Fighting With My Family on here? It's not. That's good. Because yeah. I really enjoyed that I really film. like that film. That's a good film. I thought that was a good film. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. That's the only one I can think of because you told me about it. I don't really know about the yeah, other Dr. ones. Dr. Sleep didn't do too good. Uh, what I, do you know what? I, I blame the uh, trailer for Dr. Sleep. Yeah, that was a good trailer. it relied too heavily on the reshoots of the original Shining stuff. Yeah. And I, I had the same thought, and I imagine most people who didn't bother to go see it had the same thought as me, where they went, Oh, they're just fucking just gonna be lazy and reshoot The Shining and then put Ewan McGregor in it. Yeah. Why? Why? Why would I even watch that? Yep. 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 Um, I blame the trailer. Bad trailer. Bad. Bad trailer. Uh, so other ones on this, uh, replicas with Keanu Reeves. That was real bad. I didn't see that film. It was, it was not good. It's poor, poor, uh, poor moment for Keanu Reeves. But any, Matrix Four is coming up. So uh, another prediction that's on the list. Are there any movies that are based on video games on that list? No. Interesting. Not last year of. was the movies based on video games year. Oh, we had all like video four. game movies suck. Mm. They're all bad. Well, we shall see. Why? I don't know. I feel like there's another one that's coming out soon that we'll find out about. Maybe it's Sonic. That's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. I, w- I want to watch the version with the weird looking Sonic. I've heard the Tomb Raider films <laughs> are good, actually. I've heard no, it's t- not. Both of them. I'm just going to shoot you down there. It's not good. <laughs> not good? It's not good at all. Oh, mate. <laughs> really bad. The problem with like those movies is they kind of rely on a video game formula too much. And they're just like, okay. they like It's like they think of the story in levels still. Yeah. yeah it's, nah, it doesn't work. 
What about Assassin's Creed? Bad film. <laughs> yeah, bad. bad. Film. Uh, yeah, World of Warcraft, terrible film. Oh, damn it. It's all bad. Uh, other ones on here. Kid Who Would Be King. Never heard of it. Nope. I don't know. Uh, Serenity with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, because I, I refused to see that film because it wasn't anything to do with Firefly. Right, so, yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah. that's not to do with Firefly. I'm not seeing that film. And didn't they already do that film? Is this yeah. a remake of that film? No, this is a completely... It's just got the name. It's just got the name. Okay, all right. And that's why I was like... And here's the thing, right? Is it weird that this guy won an Academy Award for Best Performance, like, literally two, three years ago, mm-hmm. and now it's not uncommon to see him on, like, a worst flop of the year list yeah. because he's done, like, a couple of films now that since then that yeah. have just been, like, pretty big flops. Like a Fool's Gold that came out last year. It's funny you say that because also on my list I have The Beach Run with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's the thing. He's just... I don't know what's Matthew going on. Matthew McConaughey. He's, you were in True Detective. Yeah. Come on. You were in like Dallas Bias Club, which you won an award oh, for. that was a good one. That was real good. You're in the fucking Interstellar. Yeah. He's good. good actor. Yeah. What Underused. Don't what know what have people, you, people Side people note, doing. have you seen his Instagram? No. Yeah. Is it funny? Everyone go look right now. <laughs> it is the ramblings of a madman. He says like weird, like he speaks like a, a CEO of a really pompous company. Oh, like goals and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I am, I am like, where I am today, blah, blah, blah. No, no. He's like, when I want, I can't do the voice, but I'm going to do it. He goes like, what I want to say on my Instagram is, uh, you know, I want to, I want people to make people laugh. I want them to think a little bit, maybe kind of, assess the situation and think uh i want to check in with the m and the e he says shit like that it's like it's like dude what stop talking do more films want to check in want to check in with the The m and the e E. yep and he goes we're gonna keep the high eye we're not gonna do the low eye keep the high eye what yeah i don't know it doesn't make any sense i don't know i don't know but he says it a low eye the high eye these sound like these sound like code like uh, southern slang that I don't understand for like I don't know. Well, it reminds me of like if your manager says the word synergy and what they actually mean is can you do this job? Yeah, and it's like that's got nothing to do with synergy. Well, it Why sounded like that? some Illuminati magic shit when he started yeah. talking about the third eye. I don't oh, really yeah. un- know all the high eyes. Be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's the bloody one. Uh, okay, all right, the, that tangent's last... over with. Let's yeah, go well, on to the love next. It, love it. Okay, last last four. I'll just run through them. All right, let's hey, do it. Hellboy. Oh, could have seen that coming. Da- David Harbour, man. He's an amazing actor. He's really good, but... Mm-mm. Again, it's another one I saw the trailer of and went, nah. Yeah. The fucking... The, like, grandma in London was... that gets the machine gun out and... Oh. I was really excited about it, though. Yeah, when they, when they were like, we're doing a new Hellboy, I was like, yeah. I love Hellboy. I'm so up for this. And they were like... It's not Ron Perlman. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, that looks terrible. Yeah. It looks so bad. So a couple of things. They didn't get him to like, uh, like uh, do much kind of uh, bulking up or anything yeah. for the suit. Instead, they put stuff in the actual suit to make him looked bulked up. So in those shots yeah. where he's in the Hellboy suit, it's like infused with silicon muscle it's type like things. It's like when, when you get a 10-year-old a Superman costume and yeah. it has those like pads and oh, biceps. It's, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's bad. real bad. It'll look cooler if you did. Um, <laughs> next one, Ugly yeah. Dolls, which was basically an advertisement for Hasbro toys. Okay, cool. Similar to like the Emoji movie. Yeah. You don't need these was... films. 
Stop making them. Yeah. Don't need them. Thank you very much. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, next one, Doctor Sleep, already talked about. Yeah. And then the last one, Tolkien did real bad. Tolkien? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I, I mean, I didn't see it. Nope. So we're, we're also to blame for its not yeah. being. <laughs> we didn't bother. <laughs> and that was a British film-ish, right, I guess? Well, yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. So we should have done that. Basically, but, we're terrible people. Yeah. And now on to uh, this episode's main event, the 2019 <laughs> Annual Movie Brew Awards or the Brewies. <laughs> that was, that was great. Uh, first up for the award for the Brewies, we're going to go... Uh, with the Tea Leaves mm. Award. This is our nominee award for the most guessable plot in a film. Yeah, like you're reading the tea leaves. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what are your nominees for this? Because I've only got one film for this. Okay, well, I know... Uh, I mean, I've I've only got... Honorable I've got two mention. films, but they're kind of one film. Yeah. Because it's for the same reasons, and it's for the same reason you have your nominee. Yeah. So, first nominee the nominees are... Yeah, the nominees are Blinded by the Light. Okay. And... Rocket Man. Mm. Uh, and the award goes to, without a doubt, Rocket Man. Yeah. Because we both picked that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, it's just, it followed the music biopic down to a T. Yeah. Where it was just like, we walked in and we were like, he's going to start after having a drug overdose. Yeah. He's about to go on stage and he's bailed. And then we're going to reflect through the entire film while he's reflecting on his life. Yeah. In a room. With some songs. Yeah. 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 Boom. It's just standard. I mean, hey, it's good it film. was done well. It's a good film, but it didn't do anything different. Yep. 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 And it's it's the same kind of reason that I picked Blinded by the Light, but Blinded by the Light did do something a bit different. Yeah. I um, wouldn't, I didn't put that on mine there because I actually quite enjoyed what that did with it. And the perspective that it told was a different perspective that I yeah. didn't really see. I, again, I really enjoyed Blinded by the Light as well, but it still has a fairly standard storyline. Mm hmm. Um, so that's why it's on there. But yeah, winner, Rocket Man, most obvious plot. Yep. The Tea Leaves Award goes to you. Yep, there you go. Um, next up, do you want to announce the next award? Sure. Um, what should we do next? Let's do okay. This next award is for <laughs> for films that had potential but lacked something vital. This is the Ran Out of Milk Award. <laughs> and the nominees are The King. <laughs> High Rise. The King. <laughs> Night Hunter. The King. <laughs> it's just the King. It's all the King. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, yeah, the, oh, Night Hunter as well. All these films could yeah. have been great. Yeah. And they had all the ingredients to be great. But just something happened, and we don't know what. And somehow yeah. you ended up with either Ben Kinsley doing some, some weird stuff or... Yeah, what was Ben Kingsley doing in Night Hunter? Yeah, right? What was that? And like... Sir uh, Ben Kingsley. There was no need for his character. Like, at the start, I was like, oh, he's going to be the killer or something. Yeah. And then he was just a guy. <laughs> yeah. just, he was just there. Or Bruden Henry Cavill, <laughs> underused. With a big old jumper. Yeah. And then High Rise, we had some beautiful shots. Yeah. Uh, a really cool 70s sci-fi kind of throwback feel to it. But there just wasn't really a point yeah. to the story. And I know what they're trying to get at with that, but they didn't deliver the plot points concisely enough no. that it just made it a confusing mess. It was it was beautiful to look at, but it was a confusing mess and it, there was some weird shit in there. A little bit too pretentious. Yeah, a bit too pretentious. Kind of hung on to the sex shots a bit too long Ooh, as well. 
Oh, there was a couple of those. They're gross. A little bit, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, and then there was the king, which is just like, what are you doing? The king had so much potential. Could have been great. Timothy um, Chalamet, Robert Pattinson, great actors. Yeah. But why do you why'd you get the Frenchman to do a, a British accent and the Englishman to do a French accent? I don't understand Especially that. when he sounds Jamaican at points. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, he sounds a bit patois, doesn't he? You wonder this? You wonder this? <laughs> so bad. Terrible, terrible. Just, just the worst. Um, yeah, and it just, it was just a bit dull. Yeah. It could have been really fun. And well, it was I think dull. I'm going to give the award to the king because... Yeah, the, the award goes to the king, for sure. For sure. But, like, the thing is that the reason I'm going to give it to it is just, it's not for any of the reasons that we mentioned before, but also it's the fact that this film feels like it's faux, like, dramatic, like it's going for that Game of Thrones edge but never quite hits the mark by actually having interesting tension or plot. So it just feels like shock value for the sake of shock value. It's, it's all build up and then nothing happens. Well, I'm talking about like the last scene, basically. Yeah. I feel I felt like that turn and that change was just so nothing. I mean, like the, the, the twist. The stabby stab. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, mm. yeah. The carving of the pumpkin. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, just ah, oh, just nothing. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was really bad. Next award is going to go to the uh, Coffee Award, in brackets, Irish. And this is a film that was um, not what we were expecting. Well, I'll give my uh, nominees first. Yeah. Because I think we're unanimous, but I've got a couple of contenders as well. Cool, or cool. contenders, pardon the pun. Cool. Could have been a contender. Um, so films that wasn't what we expected... Uh, I also put the king down for this, for yep. the same reasons we talked about before. Yeah, and I also put down "Don't Look Now" with Donald Sutherland. Okay, so I've got one film that we did on this podcast and one film that we haven't done on this podcast for this uh, for this one. Uh, the film that we've done on this podcast, I put down "Heavy Metal." I don't know what I was expecting to watch that, so but good. I certainly wasn't expecting that. So good. Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, it was great. I, stand, but I don't I know what I watched. It. I still don't understand it. I still don't understand what I watched. It's just a bunch of vignettes. It feels it feels like I was in an 80s comic book. That's what you want. And I don't understand why. I want to feel like that all the time. But there were so many boobs. And yeah. I and What's cartoon wrong with boobs. That? And I don't really understand why. What was going on? Was it trying to be sexy? Was it trying to be no, no, no. It's, like it's, rock It's stuff? supposed to be like... Okay, it, it came from a comic that was supposed to be like pastiching a 14 year old boy's fantasy right okay so it's like it's there for kind of both shock value and humor yeah it's that but then why introduce the alien kind of soul subplot why not do it from like an actual kids fantasy type thing so that is would you have preferred that i would have like preferred if there that. was like a kid writing it yeah that would have made more sense to me because I would have understood that reference. It's not a sci-fi though, is it? <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what happened. You, yeah, we need to like find, we need to travel back in time. Yeah. By, I mean, it was amazing, but also what the fuck? Like, I love it. I love it. So I love it for all the wrong reasons this, as well. I'm yeah. just like, it's so cheesy and like not okay. But and I love deny, it. You can't deny it's not what you were expecting when you first saw that film. Oh, I knew what I was getting into. I don't know what I was getting into. It's like, what the hell is this? Um, the next one is by a French director. And it's not a film. It's a film, actually, I think I saw before we started doing this podcast. Right. And it's 
probably the most uh, coffee award film I have ever seen. Right. Uh, it's by a, a director called Gaspar Noe, okay. and the film is called Climax, and it is so, I, I mean, not what you expect. Mm. The whole film is like follows a... Uh, dancing troupe uh, in France that kind of uh, someone spikes the kind of drinks and they go through a drug trip and it's all descends into fucking chaos and madness. And I call it kind of kinetic madness because of the way that it's shot and the way that it's filmed. It's just extremely intense. And this guy kind of like, he's a, he's an active filmmaker like tries to go the extra mile in certain places because he doesn't care if people like his films or not he just wants a reaction in certain things right um it felt like i was on an acid trip and i was like i have no idea what's what i've just seen what is that what is happening i'm very glad i saw it i never want to see it again fair enough i have i have one more that's just popped in my head before we get to the winner yeah 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 um so there's a new eddie murphy film called my name is dolomite right um, which is about the life of uh, I can't remember his name now, but it's the guy that played Dolomite, who's like the big black exploitation character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in preparation for that film, I watched the original Dolomite. It was horrible, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> and I didn't know it was going to be that. <laughs> it was basically just porn. Really? Yeah. Because you know, like the whole thing, like black exploitation films, like they don't have to pay the actresses if they actually have sex, because then they're technically pornographic actresses, and they can't like unionize. What? And that's why they did that. And there were scenes, and I, I watched it. It's on Amazon Prime, and I watched it, and like obviously they've cut most of the explicit bits out, but there's still stuff where it's like, oh, they're fucking right now. This is so gross. I don't want to see this. Oh no. And it's really, it's just bad. And like though, like so, it's just peppered throughout it. It's just porn peppered throughout this film. And on top of that, the film makes no sense whatsoever. It's just this man's ego trip. And I hated every minute of it. And I was, I was getting into it because I was like, I was reading up about this Eddie Murphy film. I'm a big fan of Eddie Murphy. I was like, this sounds cool. Like, it sounds like kind of like what Man on the, in, on the Moon was. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to like look up about this guy. And but without like, Jim Carrey being weird. <laughs> yeah. So I looked up about this, this guy that plays Dolomite. And he's like, oh, he's one of the most influential black exploitation people, blah, blah, blah. I was like, great gonna watch dolomite watched it fucking hated it yeah just the worst yeah it's horrible yeah, but on the the silver lining is it gave me a whole new level of appreciation for one of my favorite comedies which is black dynamite i haven't seen it because oh my god tarry we have <laughs> to watch black dynamite seriously seriously that's we're watching that in january all right we're watching it <laughs> um, it's it's okay it's my my three favorite comedy films man on the moon yeah black dynamite spinal tap of those, I've only seen one. It's like the holy trinity <laughs> of it's just so good. Okay, we're watching Black Dynamite. Um, yeah. And the character in that called Bullhorn is literally Dolomite. Like yeah. they're just literally taking the piss out of Dolomite the whole way through. Oh my god. It's great. Um, so that's my last nominee. I just had to talk about it because it popped in my head and I was like, that was awful. Yeah. I hated yeah. it. Well, you gotta let terrible. it out. This is what this podcast is for. I've done it. And now I, I'm so angry you haven't seen Black Dynamite. I'm just, I can hear my blood. I'm so angry with you. <laughs> I think I can see it coming out of your ears. Um, so what are we going to give this award to? Because I feel pretty passionately about my choices, but I know what, you do as well. Your, what were your choices? My choices were Heavy Metal mm. and cl- this film Climax, which I know you haven't seen. So yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll do two separate awards. We'll each give it to one. Yeah, it's I'm giving it like, to Dolomite. Yeah. It's going to Dolomite. Yeah. And yours is? Climax, for yeah. sure. Both films, neither of the other ones have seen. 
Yeah, if you guys want to see some weird shit, check out those two films. Yeah. <laughs> You're Don't not going to like them. Afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It's not our fault. Yeah, it's You've not our been fault. Warned. We're not responsible. Um, okay. Then I want to do so like a little fun one. Yes. Uh, which is the best brew in a movie. Because we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're a podcast about movie brews. I've got a good one for this as well. Um, so yeah, best tea, hot drink, or anything presented in, in a movie. Usually in some sort of fashion or something like that. Mm. Uh, my choice for this is Hot Fuzz. Just yep. because Edgar Wright's so good about funny things entering the frame. At funny that's moments. Yeah, There's true. a good moment with some cake. There's also a great moment where they're chilling back and watching bad boys. So they got some hot drinks and some beers. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, hot fuzz for me. It's a good nominee. My my nominee is a bit more sincere. Right. My nominee is Under the Skin. Oh. When uh, you get into the third act and she starts living with that nice man. Yeah. Who's taking care of her. Yeah, and the first night he brings her back, he puts her to bed and brings her a cup of tea, and it's yeah. just really nice. That's a really nice. It's a really good bit. Yeah, I just really like it. Yeah, actually, that's that's my nominee. That's a really good one. Uh, let's give it to Under the Skin. Yes, I that's win. What, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Yeah, um, it's just a really good scene in in a oh, this film a great of like scene. the film's just like bleak horror and horror like just yeah bleak horror is the best way to put it and then you just get this one bit of respite where this guy's taking care of this woman and it's just really nice but it's kind of got this kind of cold perspective that you get in a lot of sci-fi stuff yeah yeah yeah. a lot of kubricky stuff has that where it's, it's, it's kind like of like a wildlife documentary yeah as you're watching it <laughs> yeah but like of an alien yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's predatoring people yeah. is that even a word i don't think so eh, yeah <laughs> coined it, <laughs> it is now get in my contract yeah. i'm doing a will smith um, <laughs> predatory <laughs> um, uh next one i think we should just uh uh should we do coldest brew first or golden oldie coldest brew coldest brew and then we can end on the positives yeah that sounds good yeah all right let's because we've done a lot of negatives we're just bashing it out of the way yeah and then i swear to you it's gonna get great um, <laughs> yeah uh coldest brew is the worst film that we've seen this year yeah uh and i've got two for this one that is might be a runner-up for the worst film that i've ever seen and um the other like one of all time yeah yeah okay and the other one is like a worst film that came out this year okay that i think uh my p- picks are cry of the banshee so bad and the uh, night hunter because i don't what even was the night hunter night hunter upsets me because it could have been good it had all of the... This is what we're talking about. It had all of the ingredients. Yeah. What was Alexandra Daddario doing in the interrogation room? With the I dudes? Know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, I don't no, know. no thank you. My Please. nominees are also Cry yeah. of the Banshee and just to be a bit of a troll labyrinth because I hate labyrinth. You're terrible. And I just, I just, And I just know people are going to be annoyed. Get out of my house right now. <laughs> Like I didn't love it, but I mean, like I know I people just are going to hate you for that. Yeah. The problem is, is that you don't have to deal with any of the Twitter responses of people hating this. Yeah. That all just comes straight to me. I'm an off the grid troll. Yeah. You want to just even... like you just come in, voice these outrageous yeah. opinions, I plant the seeds, and then you just leave. go off with your life, and I'm left to deal with the <laughs> repercussions of it. Oh, Lester said this thing that I didn't like. Oh God, <laughs> there's my life ruined for the next week. And I'm just, you know. 
at home. Yeah. Doing what, whatever. <laughs> just That's what happens else. when you're off the grid, man. It's great. Oh, it's so good. I wish I, I lived I your life. I just plant the reactions <laughs> and then leave. Um, yeah, I'm, I think it's got to be Cry of the Banshee, man. See, okay, here's the thing, right? Right. I'm, although we both voted for Cry of the Banshee, and it is a terrible film, we were expecting Night Hunter to be a good film, and it, then it was a terrible film. But that's why we have the other award that the ran out of milk yeah that's true it did get that didn't it yeah it's just it's so disappointing it is so disappointing but no you're right because cry of the banshee is just flat out objectively shit i was i had the same thing for cry of the banshee though i was mm. expecting it it had potential to you know well we were kind of excited to watch it because it was like halloween we were going to watch like a cool like old film yeah. spooky film and then it was just What even was it? It was just turd. What even was it? Yeah, no, you're right. Cry the Banshee has to win it. It's just, it was so bad. It's so bad. Because there was some funny moments in Night Hunter. Like the bit where the explosion goes off and Henry Cavill reacts like two seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. And like the confusing cuts. Yeah. Where I thought everyone was in the same house, but they weren't. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. What even happened? Oh, See, God. that makes it, that makes it. But there was nothing like that in Cry of the Banshee. Cry of the Banshee was just awful. It was just terrible. What made it worse is we were watching it and then going, we're going to have to talk about this afterwards. It was just, and it's really bad. It's a slog. It was a slog. <laughs> yeah, no, Cry of the Banshee. For sure. Coldest Brew Award. All right, okay. Next, next up is... The Golden Oldie Award. Yeah. Now, this is uh, so on this podcast, we kind of fluctuate between doing films that have come out this year and films that are just kind of classically British or films that are by a British filmmaker that may not have come out this year but are known for it, or just films that we want to talk about that um, that came out a while ago. So, these this award is specifically films that we're talking about that have uh, been out for some time. Uh, these Golden Oldies. Mm-hmm. So my nominees for the Golden Oldies are Quatermass in the Pit. It's the good one because that was a real fun romp, and The Devils, of course, of course, The Devils. I think The Devils is probably the most talked about film on this podcast. We might have yeah. mentioned it almost on every episode since since we watched, we, since we watched I it. I genuinely think we have. It's awesome. It's just really good it's a film that i think everyone should see yeah even if they're not into horror films even if then like not sure like they don't like things that are so in like kind of historical periods of like stuff like just just watch it yeah oliver reed <laughs> fighting with an alligator against a man with a sword because what, he banged his daughter what even <laughs> else do you need nothing else like just oh there's so many but that's the thing is like it has everything you need it has the funny bits that you can laugh at has the great dramatic serious bits that you just want to just take in the production design is awesome the script is great and it has some shocking stuff in it that you'd be like i didn't even think i'd expect this out of a film for the 70s that's insane yeah and it does it for better reasons than i can give to don't look now i don't know why that happened in that film either now bad yeah my my nominees right i have three i have zardoz yeah because it's zardoz of course and you gotta watch it at least oh, once that should have gotten my bloody um a nomination for uh that wasn't what you expected yeah yeah no it's a good uh, what even happened it's just a crazy film <laughs> and it's real fun my second nominee is brazil because 
my favorite film. Yeah. And it's really, really good. And my third is The Devils, because we don't stop talking about it. The Devils. It is. If it, and The Devils only gets it for me because I watched it this year. Yeah. And it literally changed everything. <laughs> I don't. I, I love it. Our so lives much. are now split between pre and post Devils. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's awesome. AD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, yeah, you, I mean, Brazil and the Devils are both on top tier for me. They're yeah. like, they're like, they're on the same level for me. But because we saw the Devils this year, and it, it really, like, I'm being dramatic, but it seriously changed a lot for me. It's yeah. so, so good. There was, there, there's just so much in it that you can talk about. It's, it's, it's crazy because it has, like, weird slapstick 70s crazy shit in it. And then the whole time it doesn't lose sight of the message it's getting across with, yeah. like, the political stuff and the religious stuff. It, and I, I don't understand how he managed that. Yeah. And you you still invested in the plot while this crazy shit's going on. And then to keep going with that with the the horror aspects that he introduces. Yeah, and it's so like this good. we're before like torture porn was even a thing or a genre that people went to go see, but there are genuine aspects of what happens in this film where you feel like queasy and horrible and stuff but then there's another layer of it because the stuff actually happened yeah 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 and it, it's like it makes it so much worse yeah it's like oh i don't even, i don't i don't like i don't even understand what stuff like yeah. what's going on and it's not like a film like 12 years of slavery and other like other films that are of that ilk mm. or like i think of like the passion of christ or whatever that are like these films um embellish certain aspects of violence or something to make it for a certain dramatic effect yeah yeah when something horrible happens and Ken Russell's filming it, it's often showed in a wide. Yeah. And he just doesn't say anything, just presents it. So this is it. And he'll either show you a close up of the person's face who's experiencing this pain or just let the action play out in a wide. And I just, you gotta like, you, there's so much trust that needs to happen between yourself and a production team and everything that needs to go on to just let that happen. Yeah. But it also says such a coldness of just how you're presenting the action when you're doing something like that. Uh, fascinating. Loved it. One of my favorite films that I've seen this year. Yeah. For sure. The Devils. What the hell just happened? Loved it. The last thing I want to talk about about The Devils before we get off The Devils is... We're never going to get off The Devils, oh, mate. This is officially going to become a Ken Russell podcast but after like, this film. The depths of every main character in that film. Yep. It's so good. Like they all have so many layers to them. It's not just you have a protagonist that has layers and everyone else is a, is a, a prop in which for him to, you know, battle or whatever. Yeah. That like even even the main character's not a great guy at the start and you you kind of see him turn into a good guy through like marrying his wife and just deciding to become a more sensible person. And then you have the nun character who she has her own fucking demons and she's got like a real um, duality to her, which is just amazing. And then you have like the political people and you can see in their eyes, they don't want to do this stuff, but for their career, they're doing it. And just <sighs> so good. It's just so good. It's so good. So good. And like, if we haven't sold it to you, Oliver Reed, AKA the whispering giant <laughs> is the main guy in this. And boy, does he have some monologues in this film. Uh. Oh, so good. There's even a- if you haven't seen it and you just want to know more about it, just go listen to our episode on it. Because, yeah. oh my God, it's so much fun. There's a courtroom drama. Yeah, it's great. 
Oh, great. It's so good. So good. Okay, next next award. Next award. I keep going. Um, so that's the Golden Oldies. Mm. I think we're going to go for uh, the English Breakfast Award. I think that's the best thing to do. Um, this is our award for our favourite British film that came out this year that we really enjoyed uh, watching or talking about. And I've got quite a few for these. Dude, I've got one. I've um, got one. I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed some of these films, and one of them. I'll go with this one first because you mentioned it earlier in a category I was not expecting you to. I really enjoyed Blinded by the Light. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good story. I thought having um, a character that we don't really see portrayed often in Western cinema as the main character behind an influential story of how. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's music impacted him and having being from a kind of immigrant Muslim background was a really interesting story that Mm -hmm. uh, told and like having it told from the perspective of someone who's influenced by the music to write and kind of take their life into their own hands. I thought that was great. And I really enjoyed that perspective, that take on it. It wasn't just a clear biopic of just the man. It was more like how the music touched uh, transcended uh, yeah stuff. and yeah. transcended boundaries between race and religion and stuff like that you know what my favorite part of blinded by a light was mm. i can't remember the actor's name but the actor that plays the dad yeah oh he's so good yeah he's so good and he's usually just like a comedy actor but he pulls out some emotions. he was great i really really appreciate when they when they, she's dying his hair yeah oh and my god and he does it can't afford that's money. still with me oh that's yeah scene. just even like, mentioning oh it oh god Oh man, it's real emotional. Oh, so good. Good scene. Um, so the I've got two other films. Yeah, uh, Wild Rose, which we saw a bit earlier earlier on. I really enjoyed Jesse Buckley's performance in this film. Mm. It was really good. Another kind of story of someone who goes off to a lot of films about people going off to make careers in music to end this year. I don't know what the trend was or what was going on, but that seems to be the the common thread. Yeah. For uh, films like that. We had Yesterday, We're Blinded by the Bite, Wild Rose. There was a lot of that. A lot of that. Rocket Man. Do you think directors are just like sick of having to put crappy music in their films? They're trying to. I think there's some sort of. I think people. I think. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's an answer to like Marvel films and superhero films. People are now looking for rather than making kind of uh, films that stand on their own, they have to be like some sort of package deal for something else. So So sick of that. uh, So it's kind of like, what can you market with the film? And then naturally, the answer to that is packaging music with the film so if record companies are coming to a certain uh anniversary date or something of someone's release they can tie it in with a script put it in with that and then it's kind of got that other aspects you bring in more people to go see it yeah exactly so there's a there's a bunch of stuff like that that's that's come out recently uh that's kind of what i think about it but um yeah wild rose i really enjoyed because it's not really like that in the sense that it's a fictional story of someone who went on to uh, become a country singer and is kind of um, from a working class background in Scotland and goes up to kind of uh, perform in Nashville. Um, Opry. Yeah, and they, you know, the, the music that's composed for it is great. The songs are great. Yeah. And just the story that it tells. It's really emotional and it's kind of really uplifting and kind of great. I really, really enjoyed Jesse Buckley's performance. I thought she was great and I really, really enjoyed the film as a whole and the sort of story it told about her and her life and her family and stuff. Yeah. As a, as a fan of country music, I appreciated it. And also as a fan of um, a plot line that doesn't really toe the path too much, I appreciate that as well. 
Um, it was still like it had like obvious cookie cutter bits, but it had some nice little twists and turns in there. But for my pick mm. of the uh, best English breakfast, I mean, it's got to go to fighting with my family. Okay, I loved, I loved this film, man. Wow. It was really fun, and it was really well done. Was fun, and Florence Pugh was great. I mean, she's great in everything, but um, she, uh, she, she was really good as this character, and the, just the story that it told about the kind of. Uh, wrestling life and it was just like it was a it told a, also a quintessentially British story about the family as well and their yeah. dynamic and I really enjoyed that and I feel like not many people went out to see it so I just want to give that a shout out as well that's that's my British movie that came out this year that I absolutely loved oh, well I only have one nominee to put forward um, also starring Florence Pugh oh and it is Outlaw King ah interesting uh, I just and do you know what I think what it is, is that we were trying to find like an old medieval-y kind of film that we mm-hmm. really wanted. And we like just whiffed it a couple of times. And then Outlaw King nails it for me. It's just great. And I could happily watch that a lot of times. Happily, happily watch that. I didn't put Outlaw King on my list mm. because I wasn't sure if I'm it came out. Actually. I wasn't sure if it came out in 2018 or 2019. I think it's 2019. If it was. Let me look that up. Because if it was if it was 2019, then it should definitely be on my list as well. Yeah, it's it's exactly what we were looking for, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. Um, just gonna look up. There's just the so screen. much to love about Outlaw King. Like the performances are great, the cinematography is amazing, and yeah, Florence like Florence Pugh's performance is incredible. But there's a lot there's a lot to love about those films. Can't can't be on the list. 2018? Late 2018. Mate, I hate to tell you, I thought so. What are your nominees? I'm going to pick from one of those. Uh, It is. My nominees are Wild Rose, Mm. Blinded by the Light, definitely not for you. Uh, you Definitely not. I like that. Well, you talked about earlier how it it had squandered potential or something. It was in that one. No, just it had like a a standard plot line. Standard plot line. That was the one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, And the last one was Fighting with My Family. That's the one I picked. Out of those three, I think I would pick Wild Rose. Mm. And for like someone who's not really into like musicy films, this says quite a lot. Yeah, actually. you said that on the podcast that we did on the episode as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think that sh- that goes to that goes to show. I've dragged you to enough musicals and music yeah. biopics this year. <laughs> uh, so that's enough for that one. Um, lastly, we're gonna do uh, best brew. Yeah. The best film we have seen this year um could have been something we've done the podcast for uh could have been something that we've seen outside of the podcast there are quite a few nominations on my side so i will let you go first now. i've literally won okay well then i will reel it back to myself <laughs> on my side i have best brew best film that i have seen this year yeah. outlaw king joker dog to sleep us and Midsummer. Mm, oh, I haven't seen Midsummer still. And um, yeah, all of these films are great, and I loved certain aspects of it. I know you know Doctor Sleep had things that you know people didn't want out of it, but as someone who had just seen The Shining a week before and then going into it, it's one of the better movies that I've seen that year, and it's certainly uh, for, in, in experiences that I'd seen in the cinema. It's just definitely. Definitely a highlight. I really enjoyed the performances. 
really enjoyed kind of the way the story unfolded for me. It had just the right amount of callbacks that were done in a kind of an interesting way. Uh, but then again, I wasn't tied to the source material like everyone else. I mean, I'm not um, particularly tied to the source show. There was just some parts of that film that reminded me of an X-Men film. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what I loved about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joker, obviously, like, I, I, if you go back and listen to the podcast I did on Joker, I, had, I held some pretty high claims did. Uh, about that film. And yeah, like, it's great. It's really, really well done. Time will tell. If that, if what I said happens and we end up, you know, with these kind of more low budget stuff, uh, interesting superhero stuff that's kind of done on the low budget. I think it's definitely an important film that came out this year yeah. uh, for just the way it was done. Um, yeah, but a lot for quite, quite cynical uh, in certain aspects. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a horrible person. Um, Outlooking, obviously, we just talked about it the good and so great but, but, that, but that wasn't this year but that wasn't this year but we saw it this year right that doesn't count <laughs> it's gotta be from this year does it have to be from this year yes well then if i can't put it on the english breakfast award then you can't fair enough fair enough that's true then it doesn't <laughs> count but we love it and you should see it yeah please yeah uh lastly the film that i'm gonna the award i'm gonna give this to is gonna be midsummer I fucking love horror films. Yeah. I think Ari Aster is an incredible director. I loved Hereditary and Midsummer is just the most interesting piece of cinema that I've seen this year. Mm. Just the, everything that's done about it, shooting just on a technical aspect, shooting a horror film in broad daylight for the majority of your film and still having uh, a sense of like that dark dread and creepiness. That's just not something that you see all the time mm. centering it around this kind of Swedish festival. And there's just, there's such a, such an aspect of dread in all of his films, like a coming disaster and there's nothing really you can do about it. And it feels quite claustrophobic in certain ways. And I loved that out of uh, Midsummer, It's quite a weird thing to say that I loved, but I did love it. <laughs> uh, and again, I mean, I'm just going to, I've said it three times already, but Florence Pugh is just the best. <laughs> like, is she in that as well? She's the wow. main, she's the lead character in that. She really has that fucking Gary Oldman vibe. Where yeah. You just don't know she's in a film because she's in the role. Yep, yep, yep. She's amazing. She's really good. Um, so she just disappears in that role and it's just, oh, it's incredible. Uh, so that's my vote. What's, what's your pick? My one... I just got one. All right. Because I just went from the ones that we did on the podcast. Yeah. It's Joker. Got it's be. just straight up Joker. The cynicism of it I liked. I liked the fact it was kind of basically Taxi Driver with a reskin. Yeah. I liked that. I didn't even mind that. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it still. Um, I I feel like I found it funnier than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked it. And what I, what I why it's my pick other than it just being a great film is the fact that like what we were talking about before with, you know, the media anticipating violence to come from this film and all that kind of stuff and nothing happened. And what I like about that is it proves that we can all be fucking grown up, watch a film with some sensitive subjects in it and just take it in and it can make us think and none of us go apeshit. Yeah. And it gives me a little bit of hope for humanity. Yeah. Until blue story comes out. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's gone again. Until much else happens in the UK. And yeah. then all of our hope got died. But um, yeah, Joker for me. Yeah. That's the one. I uh, think that we should give the award to the Joker for being on both of our lists. I think that's, yeah, it's unanimous. It's a it? unanimous thing. It's a, it's a, just a great piece of filmmaking. It's great. And like the, the way I see it is I like to kind of find what I don't like about a film and then rate from there. So I kind of, I start with like full marks and everything I don't like, I take off some. Yeah. And this one, I only had like one tiny little silly gripe and yeah. that was it. And for a film to do that, I mean, that's pretty good. Did you start Cry of the Banshee with full marks? I did. <laughs> and it, it went below the scale. It went into minus figures. <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, yeah, this is, this has been, overall, this has just been a lot of fun. And I've really enjoyed doing this podcast and like checking out loads of films and stuff, talking about stuff. Also next year, I want to get off my bum and do more interviews. Uh, mm. So I will, we will be doing that. Um, but lastly, I think we should do our most anticipated film. Yeah. I've what got, are you really looking forward okay, to? I have two. Okay. For two very different reasons. All right. Okay. So first on my list. Yeah. It's got to be Cats. Oh. It's just, it is. It's Come just, off it, mate. So Why? <laughs> because Why? It, Why are you doing this to it me? Looks I like don't want to watch this film. <laughs> it just looks like a train wreck oh. that I have to look at. It no. looks so bad. No. I'm so excited for how shit it is. Oh, God, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be, and I uh, just, James Corden, mm. Jason Derulo, mm. just bad. It looks really bad. It's going to be bad. Jason Defool. Oh. Whoa, nailed it. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith. Taylor, what of it? Taylor Swift pause. Oh, Whoa. God, no. That was as bad as the film's going to be. <laughs> That's um, it. You don't need to see the film now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm anticipating how shit that film is. What is up with Jennifer Hudson's like cat CGI face? She looks so weird. Um, I know. What, like, what is no even one else, going on? No one else looks that weird in the in the trailer. This I mean, is, they all look weird, but not Jennifer Hudson weird. We've reached a point with technology where it's gone too far. Yeah, technology like, has gone too far. We can we can do too much with it yeah. to the point where people are now pushing the boundaries of not what can we do, but what should we do? <laughs> like, should yeah. we turn people into cats? Yeah. Should we de-age Robert De Niro 45 years <laughs> and then make him hold a gun like a 20-year-old? and beat someone up on a street oh, God. as a, like, still him being a 76-year-old man. And the answer was absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Should have not done why? that. Why? Why, why, why? Um, so yeah, Cats. Yeah. Right, no. next next one. No. Okay. Which, the next one I think you'll agree. Most anticipated film, The Colour Out of Space. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, I do agree. I do really want to see that. Yeah. I think that's that could be that could be great. So based on the Lovecraft book, which is well, story, it's not a book, is it? It's a short story. Mm. Lovecraft story, which is one of my favorite of his. Um and Nicolas Cage is just you never know. You just roll the dice when you watch a film with Nicolas yep. Cage in it. Yep, yep, but yep. he's done some good films like Mandy. Yeah. Um and I just I I'm anticipating it. I'm hoping it's going to be good. It might be crap. The story of the person that directed the film, mm. I can't remember the name, Richard something, I can't remember. But it's a, such an interesting story. Okay. Uh, I told this to you when we watched the, tra- when we watched the trailer together. Oh, yeah. So he had directed uh, a uh, kind of low-budget horror film that had gotten quite a lot of acclaim. And then from there, 
the studio kind of uh, hired him to do something else and he got fired halfway through mm. and recut his film and that film flopped. And then the third film that he directed in Hollywood got fired on the first day of shooting on set and he was kind of director in name only and was kind of locked out of Hollywood and not allowed to make any other films since then. And yeah. so like this is his first film in like 20 odd years. So... It'll be very interesting to see what it is. I imagine it's going to be pretty weird and a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. But I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I would like to see that at the cinema for the podcast. Yeah. That'd be a nomination for me. Yeah, I think so. Um, For me, I'm interested to see The Lighthouse because that's going to be a 2020 film for us. That's also one of mine. I just forgot Um, about it. That looks great. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking out what this guy's name is because I can't, um, I can't mm. not talk about it because yeah, he did like a proper cult classic film. Yeah. Um, du, 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 du. Uh, yeah. Just I don't know. It just looks really good, and I'm I'm just excited for someone to do a good Lovecraft film. Yeah. Um, a lot of Lovecraft films have been. It's kind of like Stephen King films before the last few years, where like Stephen King just had like very low budget films made from his novels, and they weren't very good, but the story was good enough to like keep you going. But this one looks kind of, you know, it looks like a high enough budget. And Nicolas Cage is super weird, so I'm just excited for that. And, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with the story as well. Because there's a lot of Lovecraft stuff. The story is, like, about unknown and, like, looming fear and tension. And I'm just interested to see if they can pull it off. Richard Stanley is the name of the director. And he, um, what was the film? He he made Hardware, which was the oh, joke. that's it. Yeah, that was the I've film that got of a lot of um, got a lot of uh, kind of acclaim from that. Got cancelled out of Dust Devil, and um, yeah, and the last film, Are all of his films named after appliances. I don't know. Uh, the last <laughs> film that he was that he was on, um was uh brave i think or the island of dr moreau that that might have been it right okay the island of dr moreau that was it he tied he showed up on the first day of set and got fired from it and what was literally locked out oh no it's just like stuff to do with the production company and the oh, distribution they like, like they the films flopped and he ended up getting films like uh, cuts cut a recut out of his films not allowed to have final no. say and wow all this kind of money stuff not not fun no, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with the lighthouse. Yeah, uh, there's that also, looks I'm, good. I'm also interested to see like, things like the Nightingale. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, Jojo Rabbit still hasn't come out in the UK. Uh, that? That's uh, oh, I think I'm I'm going to give that my pick actually. Yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit. It's a film directed by Taika Waititi. Cool. Uh, of love him. Um, a uh, kid growing up in Nazi Germany who imagines his best friend is Hitler. Um, oh wow! And it's amazing. Yeah. Have, you, have you not heard about this? That, looks, that sounds really good. I'll show you the trailer like afterwards. The of it looks absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and I love it because specifically for uh, another reason why I'm really excited to check it out and see it is that, um, the director, Todd Phillips of the Joker, mm. uh, talked about why he didn't do co- comedy movies anymore. He said, uh, comedy is being canceled. People can't laugh at stuff anymore because everything's too offensive, says He's the director. He's kind of got a point. Uh, well, he, I mean, maybe for his kind of humor, yeah, for like yeah. the hangover could, movies yeah, and exactly. stuff. Like gross out humor. Yeah. And, and, stuff. and 
for Taika Waititi for in 2019 yeah. when that has come out and he's just made this film where a, a best friend's like imaginary friend is Hitler and what he imagines Hitler to be and to make this comedy and he just kind of pushed back on that and was just like yeah whatever I don't think that maybe it's maybe it's not the case that we comedy isn't funny maybe it's just the case that people don't have a taste for that sense of humor anymore here's the thing though mm. Hitler is the easiest target for comedy in the world who is not going to laugh at Hitler? The Jewish people, maybe? No. Okay, no. Because you're taking the piss out of Hitler. Yeah. So, But you're still kind of talking about the stuff that he's done and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but if you're insulting him. But you're still setting a film in Nazi Germany. Yeah, so fucking X-Men was in Nazi Germany. Magneto's <laughs> origins in yeah, Nazi Germany. Yeah, but then, Germany. you see, the thing is, the thing that we missed out of yeah. X-Men being in, is, is that when they were reaching out and staring at each other, that was actually a metaphor for... No, I can't. I can't talk myself out of this one. No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you make a joke at Hitler's expense, people will laugh. That's an easy target. Well, yeah, Hitler's quite a quite a meme. Cause like like if you say fuck yeah. Hitler, like who's gonna be like, hey, what he's alright? <laughs> like no one's gonna fucking be I don't like know. That. We're getting a lot of neo-Nazis coming out of the woodwork no, now. We're not. It's not real. <laughs> there's there's the same tiny amount as there always is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to Sounds see like that film, film. and I'm like good excited film. to show you that film. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, because good. I think it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. People listening to this podcast based in the US might have already seen it. Tell us if it's good, because we've got to wait a few months before it comes out on our end. Yep. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. I yeah. think that's all, that's all good. That's been us for 2019, The Movie Brew. Uh, We'll be back in January uh, to talk about a few films and stuff that come out. Uh, But we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks while I'm off uh, seeing some family. Uh, And for that, if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what your takes are on any of our picks or anything for this year, let us know. You can reach us at The Movie Brew on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and stuff. Also got a website. If you want to send us an essay about how you didn't agree that Lester doesn't like Labyrinth and you think it's the best film ever, There's then you can reach him personally <laughs> at hello at themoviebrew.com and direct all your emails towards that and your raging your raging rants. I can't wait to read them. That's going to be great. And then yeah. I will inform you via post or raven. Just forward them to me. <laughs> Just forward them to my work email so I have to read them. <laughs> Yeah, so that would be great. Um, and then you'll see that and it'll be it'll be wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, thank you as always for to uh, Jake Brett for our music and to yeah. um, Forest Fire Creations for our artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check them all out. We hope you've had a great year. We hope you've seen some great movies and we'll catch you in the next year with some other movies and some great times. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Have a good one. <laughs>